<laughs> Welcome aboard the Chronosphere Stagecoach. I'm your driver, Daniel French. Don't forget to spread the word and go to patreon.com slash chronosphere. On this here trip, you'll be encountering a somewhat perilous route through the spectral streams and be experiencing the first episode of of Outlaws and Lawmen. So be sure you got something to wet your whistle and let's have a gander. The Territory of Arizona, 1868. A mob of townsfolk wait impatiently in the dusty square of a one-horse town, surrounding some makeshift gallows. Not far from the dangling noose stands the executioner, a black hood obscuring his features. Let's hurry this along. Hang this boy. He's late for his appointment with the devil. Look, the sheriff's here. They got him. Sure enough, the sheriff and the mayor are seen approaching the crowd, the both of them escorting a battered young outlaw in chains. That piece of shit killed my pop. Bring him up already. Settle down. Boy's gonna meet his maker, all right. The crowd parts like the Red Sea in order to make a path for the three of them as they briskly approach the gallows. Rotten hell, Lang, you son of a bitch. Hanging's too good for folks like you. From the scornful rabble, a piece of rotten fruit is chucked squarely at the outlaw. Hey now, we'll have none of that. Having reached the noose, the sheriff places it around the defiant and untremulous fellow's neck. Quiet, please. Quiet, everyone. You shut your traps and we'll have this young man swinging in no time. Arthur Lang, for the several cold-blooded murders committed by yourself personally in this and surrounding counties, and for the several dozen murders, attempted murders, and robberies of which you were a party as a member of the notorious Fox Gang, I, as mayor of this town, sentence you to die. Today you finally meet justice, son. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Sheriff Bartling. He recognized this trash in the saloon and brought him in before he could do any more damage. My pleasure, Mr. Mayor, <laughs> to see this one swing. Before the execution is carried out, you have any last words, Lang? Yeah. Matter of fact, I do. Well, make it brief. I will. Your figures are just a little off, Mr. Mayor. If I'm to clear my soul in these final moments, I'd point out that I murdered no less than seven men in this and surrounding counties. Ten more in a mess of other counties. And we in the Fox Gang sent no less than a hundred sons of bitches to their graves. <laughs> Anything else you gotta confess? Ain't so easy talking bullshit at the end of a rope. Well, now I think about it, I guess it's not quite a hundred. Today we'll be adding a good 20 or 30 to that number. What in the hell are you talking about? This is your last chance, kid. 
tell us where thou fox and the others are holing up and you might just live to see tomorrow. <laughs> oh, he's close, Mr. Mayor. He's close. Out of hell with it. Kill a good-for-nothing bastard. Executioner. With pleasure. The executioner quickly removes his hood. Underneath is none other than Jeremiah Fox, an infamous gun for hire and the most feared man in the territory. Lightning fast, Fox draws his gun and shoots the sheriff and the mayor dead. Before anyone can react, Fox's men emerge from high windows in the surrounding buildings and begin firing on the crowd. Let this be a message to every man thinks he can trifle with me or one of my own. We're the law in these parts. Judge, jury, and executioner. Ain't no glory starved lawman gonna bring me down. And that includes that no good son of a bitch, Marshal Thurgood. Tell him I've signed his death warrant in the bloodshed here today. Sure showed them, Jeremiah. Gave that message loud and clear. Them cowards won't be forgetting today anytime soon. I know you won't. What are you talking about? Say, you want to get me out of this here rope and these chains already? What the hell are you doing getting yourself caught in this shithole? You said you were seeing your sick mother in Prescott. Uh, I was just passing through. Stocking up on supplies. And, Prescott's uh, the other way, partner. Now, you gonna keep on lying to me? All right, it's just, uh, there's a little honey I got here. I had to see her. We've been camping out in bumfuck nowhere for near two months. A man gets tired of eating nothing but jerky and shitting in holes. I just wanted to take a short leave is all. Go into town, get drunk, get lucky. Well, we see how that turned out, don't we? It don't matter none. You were here just like I knew you would be. Where you headed? I was here because it would be an insult to me for you to be hanged by these yokels. To my reputation. Fox, would you get me out of these shackles? But it's also an insult to me to lie to my face just so you can go off horn and boozing for a few days and then getting yourself snagged by some shitful brain sheriff. I, I was drunk. He caught me off guard. You let me down, Lang, more than once. I'm sorry. Please. So now I'm going to let you down. Fox pulls the lever. The platform upon which Lang has been standing gives way. <laughs> he quickly reaches the end of his rope. All right, boys. Our work here is done. Saddle up. Let's head back to camp. We got some more business ahead of us. Meanwhile, at a brothel in Tucson, Arizona. Right this way, Marshal. Hmm. Wasn't it Susie used to occupy this room? That's right. I think she went on out to San Francisco. Said she wanted to be around water. 
Why don't you have a seat, honey? Take your boots off. <laughs> don't mind if I do. Now, before you make yourself and myself comfortable, might there be a bottle of whiskey to be found somewhere around here, little lady? Oh, let's see. I'm sure there's something. So you want official marshal business, mister? They're good. Not today. Just official marshal relaxation is... Call me Claire. All right, Claire. A man in my profession finds it useful to take every other day off from shooting people and hunting maniacs, lest you run the risk of becoming a maniac yourself. Aha, found some. Now there must be a glass round here. Never mind the glass. Just bring that bottle and your bustle right on over here. Right away. You know, whiskey ain't the only thing that takes the pain away. Nope. But some men are so pained, they require two remedies. What's the trouble, Marshal? Endless is what the trouble is. Trouble follows me. Or maybe it's me that stays on trouble's track. Either way, folks around me ain't never safe. Well, I ain't scared none. Very courageous of you. I think a man like you deserves a little happiness in his life. Peace is what I want. Peace lasts. Happiness don't. Well, I'm not so sure you'll find peace in there. Only one way to find out. So be it then. I think some loving from a woman is just what you need. You may be right. Unfortunately, I reckon that woman is my wife. I'm just here for a little guilty pleasure. Take my mind off things and my body. Oh, I didn't know there was a Mrs. Thurgood. There is. I left her and my little boy at home in Texas two years ago. Came out here. What I said about trouble following me, that's been the case ever since I wore a badge. One day, trouble came upon me in the form of a man named Fox. Wait, Jeremiah Fox? I caught word he was passing through the San Antonio area with only a couple of men. He'd just busted out of custody around there. With two deputy marshals, I managed to ambush the bunch. The man I was with died. His men died. But he got away, goddammit. He got away. My, my. Why, you must be one of the only men to face Fox down and live. I wouldn't call it living. If I'd have killed him like I shoulda, I'd be home free, not to mention a hero. But I didn't. He goes on murdering, and now, now I'm his mortal enemy. Got a target painted on my back. That's why I left home, my family. They got a better chance if I ain't there putting them in the crossfire, if I'm here on Fox's territory. I told Martha when I left, once Fox was dead, I'd come on home. But every damn time he slips through my fingers, I've lost a score of men to him, too. Sometimes I wonder if my only way home is in a box. Now, don't talk like that. You're a brave man. You survived that devil once. I'll bet you're the one man he's afraid of. <laughs> he ain't afraid of me. Then why in two years hasn't he managed to kill you, neither? Luck. Or maybe he likes keeping me around to toy with me when he gets bored. Or maybe you're just too quick on the draw for the likes of him. <laughs> you're a sweet girl, Claire. Here. Well, I'm not supposed to have any while I'm working, but all the good ones are married. And all the sweet ones work at places like this. Wait, did you hear that? Uh-huh. The marshal slowly withdraws a six-shooter from his belt on the floor. An armed silhouette appears through the illuminated curtains. 
Get down! Thurgood fires two shots through the window, shattering the glass. Claire screams and drops to the floor. The would-be assassin outside cries out and collapses. The shuffling of feet is heard just outside the door. The door swings open. Thurgood swings around. Two more armed men burst into the room, only to be instantly cut down by Thurgood with his four remaining shots. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. We're safe now, I think. He offers Clara's hand, and starting to calm down, she accepts it and climbs to her feet. Now, what did I tell you about me in trouble? She's a jealous mistress. What the hell is going on there? The owner of the brothel tromps into the room. He gasps as he sees the dead men on the floor. Marshal, what on earth? Ambush, and a sloppy one at that. An ambush? You, you don't think it might have been Fox, do you? Not a chance. If it were him, he'd have sent along twice as many men, and he would have been here in the flesh. Besides, I recognize this one here. Put him away a year ago for beating the hell out of a man in a saloon. Funny. Fella did say that he'd come and find me. Arrogant little bastard. And he sure did. <laughs> Marshal Thurgood kills two men with his pants down. Three, counting the one outside the window. Three, half drunk and half naked. No wonder you got Fox and hiding, Marshal Thurgood. One quarter drunk. No man dare cross my path when I'm half drunk. Thurgood nudges one of the bodies with his foot. <sighs> Goodness. You can't even enjoy the company of a pretty lady for a little while without somebody trying to kill you these days. Too true. Well, me and Claire are going to be needing another room while you get this one cleaned up. Oh, of course. Take your pick. I think the gunfire more or less cleared the whole floor. And another bottle of whiskey, if you don't mind. Certainly. Come on, you pretty lady. Let's go over and check out this other room. A cattle ranch in the northeast corner of the territory. The rancher stands at a window, looking upon his restless livestock. Dana, come on out here, child. Dana! What's the matter, Pa? Where have you been? Sewing up that shirt of yours like you asked. What's got the cattle so shook up? But I'm trying to figure. There sure ain't no coyotes roaming about at this hour. What do you reckon it is? Dunno. Maybe a trouble with one of them, snake bite or something. Got the others worried. I'm gonna go on out and check. Be careful now. I wouldn't want you getting bit by a rattler. You just stay here. The rancher's daughter returns to her room and retrieves her sewing materials. Pa! Pa! The barrel of a gun is gently pressed against the back of her head. I'll be real quiet and real still, sweetie. And I won't have to blow that pretty little head off. Understand? Mm-hmm. Who else is here? Aside from you and him. Nobody. No one? No one's here but us. Just Pa and I. Mama went to town with a farmhand to stock up on feed. How long ago? Uh, half an hour or so. What do you want? Well, little miss, my friends and I are stocking up also. But town just don't suit us, you see? Supplies, foodstuffs. What do you got for us? We have food. Kitchen's just over there. Take what you want. We've got a well outside. We've got guns, too, rope, firewood. Whatever you need, just don't hurt us. 
Little late for that in your pappy's case. Fetch the water, Clayton. I'll round up the rest. Just don't fuck around. Captain wanted us back by sundown. Well, just you and myself. Hope you don't think less of us for this, beautiful. Just following orders. Please, take what you want and leave. That's exactly what I'm aiming to do. Ah! I'll take what I want, all right. Please, please, no. My friend there's always telling me not to fuck around, but sometimes I just can't help myself. Quit crashing. I'll break your goddamn arm if I gotta. Please don't. This is what makes the job worthwhile, sweetie. Who the hell are you? Get off that young lady before I plant a bullet in either eye. And for Christ's sake, buckle your damn pants, you miserable sack of shit. Who are you? Don't know my face, peep. I know yours. You and Clayton out there right with Captain Jack Raider. No, isn't that right? Sent you out here to rustle up some necessaries, did he? Did he tell you to kill and ravage as you please, Pete? Well, did he? No, he didn't. No, he doesn't have to, I reckon. All part of the fun for a bunch of pillaging, rapacious swine like old Raiders Raiders. Guess not much has changed since the war between the states. Who in the hell are you, mister? Hell's exactly where I'm from, friend. Spit me up one day so as to put every damn one of you in the earth. <coughs> That's what happens when you don't use your pistol right. <coughs> Fuck! You? You scum make me sick. Pete, what in God's name are you doing? You best not have shot that. Oh. Oh. Quit blubbering. Be glad you didn't get shot what Pete did. Who are you? That's what Pete kept asking me, and look where that got him. Who I am ain't important. You're gonna tell me what I'd like to know, or so help me, I'll stick this all the way down your throat before I pull the trigger. What do you want to know, partner? Well... Raider and his boys sure have come a long way from Missouri. Heard tell they had their fill of innocent blood up in Kansas, so they carved a path to Arizona. I see that's a fact. Captain Raiders in the territory? Yeah, that's right. What's a rabble of ex-Confederate marauders doing all the way down here? Taking in that refreshing desert air? Or maybe someone finally told Raider the war's over and he's given up the ghost. <laughs> no, sir. There's plenty of fight left in us. Then what are Raiders Raiders doing here? If you must know, we're headed down to Mexico, where a good old rebel can live without Yankees bearing down on them everywhere they turn. U.S. Army's finally too much for old Jack to handle. With Nebraska in the Union now, Uncle Sam's uniformed lackeys are getting a little close for our liking. You boys are running for your lives. They got you. They ain't got us. That's why we're here. They never could catch us. But I did. Took me some years, but here I am. Now, you gonna say who the fuck you are? And what the hell you got to do with the captain? No. But you're gonna tell me where he is. Eat shit, partner. Nah, Clayton. Make no mistake. I'll kill you soon as anything if you don't make yourself useful to me. There ain't nothing you can do to stop Raider from reaching the border. 
I'll follow him to his grave. Where he is, I will be. Now, are you going to tell me where I can find him? Or are you going to make me look for him? Either way, he'll die by my hand. But you don't have to. Last chance, friend. Captain Raider's gonna skin you all. I would have killed him anyway. Wait. So who are you? My name's Buck. Meanwhile, in Tucson, Arizona. Excuse me, gentlemen. Any of you happen to know where I can find a U.S. Marshal by the name of Thurgood? Follow the smell of whiskey. Might want to check the saloon. Um, thank you. Don't mention it. What can I get for you? You have anything a bit weaker than whiskey? Well, there's some water in a trough outside for the horses. All right, then. Whiskey, please. Right away. Here you go, fella. Don't drink it too fast now. Thank you. Perhaps, sir, you could help me locate someone I'm looking for. I was told he might be found here. Who you seeking? A man named Thurgood, U.S. Marshal. Don't have to look far. Think he found you. Howdy. Oh. Hello, Marshal. That's right. Heard you was looking for me. What can I do you for? My name's James Thompson. I've come all the way from Washington, D.C. to find you. Well, you found me. Though I reckon you could have found yourself a gunfight a whole lot closer to home. What? No, no, you misunderstand. I'm not looking for a fight. You ain't? Of course not. Oh. Well, forgive me, Mr. Thompson. Ordinarily, when I catch word of somebody out searching for me, it's bound to end in bloodshed. Can't be too careful. Please, have a seat. If you say so. Planning on drinking that? Um, no. Help yourself. Much obliged. <sighs> well, what is it you want? Let me explain. Are you familiar with Cornelius Cole? Can't say that I am. He's a United States Senator for California. A couple months ago, his son was traveling back to Santa Cruz after a visit to the Capitol, and while he was passing through the territory, he was snatched up and held for ransom by a man I think you're familiar with. A man called Fox. I know of him, all right. Well, Fox got his money. They sent a courier to him with it. But that man never returned, and neither did Cole's son. We, um, presume the worst. I see. This is where I come in. Cole's colleagues in the Senate were deeply troubled by this tragic affair. So the Senate Judiciary Committee, with President Johnson's support, appointed me to come out here to organize and supervise a federally sanctioned manhunt. Washington, D.C. wants Jeremiah Fox brought to justice, one way or another. <laughs> Don't that figure? Fox kills scores of good men over the years, but all it takes to get folks' attention is some senator's son getting shot. It's true. He's been causing havoc for far too long. The time's come to put a stop to it. Well, what do you need me for? Go out and get him if that's what you're here to do. Marshal, I'm merely an assistant to one of Arizona's territorial delegates, not a law enforcement official with the kind of prerogatives or experience you possess. I was instructed to coordinate with local authorities to ensure that a manhunt is mounted and to make sure it's conducted to the satisfaction of Washington, D.C. Christ, they put some greenhorn bureaucrat in charge of rounding up the most dangerous outlaw in the West. You ever fire a gun, Jimmy? 
Of course. Hunting. When I was a boy. <laughs> so then you think I'm the man to lead this expedition? Marshal, you're not unknown around these parts. It's no secret that you've been hunting Fox longer than anyone, that you've come closer to snagging him than everyone. Nor is it a secret that I failed each and every time and got a lot of decent men killed in the process. I'm cursed with the shame of it. But still, I wear the badge and fire my gun and uphold the law around here. So, Mr. Thompson, just let me be. You're not on a fox hunt. You're on a wild goose chase that's going to end up getting you killed if you ain't careful. Go on back to Washington and tell them if they want to bring Fox down, they'd best send the army. Marshal Thurgood, there's no shame in being bested by the very worst once or twice. It's all how it all turns out in the end that counts. By God, man, pick yourself up. When your first try at Fox didn't succeed, you tried again and again. And what's more, you're still alive. You're skilled enough with the gun to have made it this far. Why give up now? Marshal, I come to you not just because you know the lay of the land and how to fire a pistol, but because I thought you of all people had the metal to do this, to try one more time and put things right. I thought it was your mission, Marshal. Well, it don't matter none know how. I can't go after the Fox Gang alone. And after all that's happened to the men what ride with me, ain't nobody's itching to join a posse out to hunt the devil. They know hell's where they'll be ending up. Marshal, you might be surprised how readily men will risk their lives for money. What? You talking about the reward on his head? Nowhere near enough, considering the risk. In light of the death of Senator Cole's son, the bounty on Fox has been raised to 50000 and the reward for the men who ride with him, 5000 a head. Plenty to go around. Good money for sure. A sum such as that may well overpower some folks' better senses. And I can personally assure you, when Fox is behind bars or in his grave, Washington will be very grateful. You'd receive commendations from the highest level of government, and with your reputation secured, you could very well find yourself moving in higher circles before long. The territory needs tough men to govern it. Now, let's get one thing clear, Thompson. I don't give a damn about the money, nor the pats on the back, nor the tall tales they'll be telling. None of that's worth a shed full of shit to me. When it's all over, I ain't looking for my way into elected office. I'll be looking to find my way home. There to enjoy a quiet, uneventful retirement for the rest of my days. You understand? As you wish, Marshal. Tell me something, Jimmy. You got yourself a family at home? Certainly. A mother, a father, four brothers, three sisters, a couple nephews, and cousins and such. No family of my own, if that's what you mean. Son, you don't know how lucky you are. And why is that? Mr. Thompson, you may just find one of these days that there's worse things can happen to a man than dying. What really matters to a fella ain't his own leaving, it's what he leaves behind, who he leaves behind. You got the luxury of a clean break, should a bullet find you. No wonder you're so game for this. With any luck, we'll find Fox before his bullets find us. Ever snuck up on a Fox before? Ain't all that easy, Mr. Thompson. Well, I can guarantee that we won't manage it sitting here talking family and getting drunk. Whenever you're ready, I can help you assemble a posse of the size and substance you see fit. You know as well as anyone, it's a monumental task which lies ahead of us. So, by my reckoning, there isn't another minute to waste. What say you, Marshal? Ready to saddle up one more time? Just so long as you quit talking like some dime novel. Later, on the streets of Tucson, 
Excuse me, sir. Have you ever wanted to be a folk hero? It's off. Pardon me. Do you know of Jeremiah Fox? Yeah. Well then, how would you like the opportunity to hunt the scoundrel? Think I'm crazy? Sir? Um... Nah, you're doing it all wrong, Jimmy. Forgive me, Marshal. I've never recruited a posse before. You don't say. Why don't you leave it to me, son? It's best I do the talking. Especially if you're going to try and snatch up some stranger out of the blue. All right. Show me how it's done. Hey, pal. What do you want? Question is, what do you want? You want to go on your way and carry on with your humdrum life, just barely scraping by? Or do you want to be among the richest men in the territory? What the hell are you talking about? Own a gun, fella? Sure I do. Know how to fire it? Listen, what are you driving at already? On behalf of the United States government, I'll be leading a party of men to go out and wrangle up some mean sons of bitches. Any man with a gall to tag along stands to make a lot of money. And it sounds to me like you got all the necessary qualifications, provided you got the gall and do, in fact, know how to fire that gun of yours. Damn straight I do. Then I'd say it's your lucky day. Just sign your name right here. Every man rides with me is going to be formally deputized. Mr. Thompson, meet Arizona's newest deputy marshal. A pleasure. See, that's how you go about recruiting. Uh... This here fella riding with us? He's, uh, he's, he's, a um, what do you call him, uh... A financier and attaché. Yeah. Oh. Why don't you go along to the general store and fetch us some tobacco, would you? It's gonna be a long day. All right. Well, Jimmy, that's one. How many do you suppose we'll need? More. A lot more. And supposing we don't want to proceed with this here federal recruitment drive by soliciting folks on the street like a bunch of carpetbaggers... I might just know a couple of men greedy, bloodthirsty, or foolhardy enough could be willing to risk their hides with us on this little mission of ours. Most of my more honorable acquaintances are sleeping in the dirt, so I've reached the bottom of the barrel. Might just work to our advantage, though. Oh? How so? You'll see them for yourself, and you can tell me then whether these are the sort of folk you'd want hunting you down. Very well. Where should we begin? First, we'll drop in on Leonard Small. He's read himself a lot of books, the useful kind, I mean. He's a crafty one, knows a lot about the Fox Gang, although not altogether as much as myself. And ain't nothing or nobody in his eyes that ain't within a dollar's reach. He'd assassinate the president himself, long as the price was right. Jeremiah Fox, what do you take me for, Thurgood? Some damn bird fool? I was under the impression you thought more of me, Marshal. I'm a bit stung. Be easier and safer, I reckon, to kill the president of the dang old United States. Jimmy, what was that latest bounty on Fox's head again? Well, 50,000 for Fox, 5,000 for each of his men, totaling approximately... $125,000, supposing Fox hasn't replaced Arthur Lang since he strung him up a few days since. Um, precisely. That is a substantial markup, all right. Even shares? Even shares, as usual. We're all gambling with our lives on this just the same. And provisions? Covered, courtesy of Washington, D.C. Sold. That is, if there ain't so few men that death is inevitable, but not so many that the payout's too watered down. 
I knew you'd be game once you started seeing green, Lenny. My gold's more like it. Working for Uncle Sam now. Then after small, we're gonna pay a visit to Meyer Greenwald. He's just in it for the blood. Was a bounty hunter in Oklahoma and Utah. Four other folks in his profession got tired of him killing off all the business and chased him into retirement down here. He's had an axe to grind and a 44 to shoot ever since. Takes that fire in his belly out on any man dumb enough to make him mad. He's a weapon we'd do well to have in our holster. Dead or alive? All of them? That's right. Tell me, does it particularly matter how they die? How they die? Not to me, not in the least. Provided you leave enough left of them to bring back for the reward. That satisfactory to you, Mr. Thompson? I, um, I suppose that the territorial authorities would consider... <laughs> ah, got yourself a federal tumor, Thorogood? You might say that. He's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed enough, I reckon. Well, bright eyes, how about this? Should we capture any of them? They come along without a fuss, we take them in alive. They give us any trouble on the way. <laughs> I dole out the penalty. Eh, fair enough. <laughs> They'll be begging us to bring him in dead before you know it. Now that's my kind of justice, Bushy Tail. Now don't look so pale, Jimmy. They won't come quiet anyway. Oh, good. We'll be needing a good shot, too. I mean, a real good shot. A natural. God's very own bullet. So you look to the local jail? Naturally. Young man sleeping off one hell of a hangover by the name of Roy Simpson, just 22. Sharpshooter with the New Mexico Volunteer Infantry toward the end of the war between the states. They say he picked off a whole regiment of greys all by himself. Been caught up in drinking and cards ever since. His luck at the playing table's been a bit mixed, but not his luck with the trigger. Last night, fella thought he was cheating, went for his gun. Roy got there first, killed him dead. So he's in jail for shooting the man? Nah, other fella went to draw before him. When I say Roy got to his gun first, I meant the other fella's gun. <laughs> Simpson's here because he got so drunk afterward, all proud of himself, he couldn't pick himself up off the floor of the saloon. Come on, Roy, rise and shine. Morning already? Maybe somewheres. Seems that y'all always sleep real good the night after killing a man. Well, ain't because of his dying, it's my living. Well, Roy, you ain't made a respectable living since the war ended. What would you say about making something with your life and making more money than any kid your age has ever even seen in these parts? Talking about taking up the law, Marshal? You gonna try and tell me what good it's done for you? Listen, I ain't trying to make a lawman out of you, cause you ain't one. Hell, all I can say about the likes of you is that you know how to fire a pistol real well, and for that reason alone, you might prove useful. Got ourselves a manhunt. Should only be a few weeks, and at the end, you'll get more goddamn money than you'd make in a lifetime of playing poker. Well, a lifetime of poker is better than the early grave you're itching to lead me into. Shoot, I didn't know you'd turned yellow since the war between the states, Simpson. Well, you live your life however you want, however you can. Take care. Somebody ought to be around later to let you out, and you can go try your hand in the saloon some more. Getting shot by Jeremiah Fox is something quite different from getting shot by some drunk card sheet. But a man's got to choose his own legacy, I suppose. Hold up. 
I know of someone who'll take up the cause, no doubt about it. Not much of a killer, but what he lacks in experience with a gun and a horse, he makes up for in burning hate for Fox and his men. Plus, we'll have to eat something out in the middle of nowhere, and he makes some damn good beans. Why do you come to me now, Marshal? Well, Marcus, because we're heading out as soon as we can. We mean to bag Fox this time or die trying. This isn't the first time you put a posse together to go after him. You never asked me for help before. You must be truly desperate. Well, you didn't come to me neither. And I ain't desperate, Finley. I'm just, just feeling right this time. I think this is the time we snag him. I, I feel it in my gut. <laughs> sure, that's not just the whiskey. Listen, I came around here because I thought you have as much right as anybody to be there when we bring him in or take him down. It's very kind of you. Tell me, are you prepared to die, Marshal? Have been every minute since I first met the evil bastard. Are you? Oh, yes. Ever since that son of a bitch shot my boy. Been saving these for this very day. Some nice machinery you got there. Pearl-handled Smith & Wesson revolvers. I purchased them with the money I was going to use to send Wyatt to New York. It's time they were put to use. Count me in, Marshal. And then we'll need somebody what speaks Spanish and some native tongues, Apache, Navajo. I know just such a fella. Spends most of his time tanning hides. We'll need some more men who know their way around a sidearm. Folks that could outrace a Comanche on horseback and a couple of fellas with a death wish and an insatiable lust for glory. Is that all? And then we're going to need horses. Then maybe we might have a chance in hell. The following day, the posse, consisting of around a dozen men on horseback, rides at a steady pace through the outskirts of the city toward the desert. Now let's saddle up. <laughs> I ought to tell you one thing, Thompson. Yes, Marshal? People are gonna die, and there ain't no getting around that. We might all die, make no mistake. This ain't Washington, son, this is the wilderness. You'll soon find out that there ain't nothing more to the law out here than surviving. If you ain't prepared to kill, you best be prepared to die. So if and you don't want to get dragged back into town behind your horse there, you better be ready to pull that trigger when facing down a man that's itching to do the same. If that moment comes, I'll know what to do. When it does, I certainly hope so, and I hope you can live with it. For some men, that's the tricky part. How do you live with it? You've shot scores of men. Just got used to it, I reckon, Jimmy. Yes? You ain't got no idea what we're headed for. One way or another, Mr. James Thompson ain't gonna be riding back into Tucson. Not the same man, anyhow. I reckon that before long, you're gonna be wondering how the hell you could have got yourself into something like this. You may be right, Marshal. But a man does grow tired of Washington, D.C. The drudgery, the eastern climate. And here I am. Perhaps you and I will live to one day reminisce together over whiskey in some saloon hundreds of miles from here. Just as long as you're buying the first bottle, Jimmy. <laughs> Get on! The posse rides off into the vast, untamed expanse towards their uncertain destiny. <laughs> Them's wonderments, I guarantee. That winds up the first episode of 
of Outlaws and Lawmen. Here's your cast. The mayor, the rancher, and the bartender were voice acted by Blake Benlin. The sheriff, Lang, Lenny Small, and a couple of cowboys were played by Daniel French. Jeremiah Fox is voice acted by Van Riker. The prostitute, Claire, is Catherine Skinner. Marshall Thurgood is voice acted by Pete Lutz. Meyer Greenwald, the brothel owner, Pete and Clayton, or Mike Bethel. The rancher's daughter is Kathy Lieberman. Buck is voice acted by Harrison Derbyshire. James Thompson is Warren Clark. Roy Simpson is Spencer Frederick. Finley the Cook is J. Dean Garcia. Townspeople and Cowboys were Rosanna Jimeno and Jarrett Stalling. Thank y'all for taking a ride on the Chronosphere Fiction Stagecoach. Until next time, y'all, keep your cosmos clean. <laughs>